Good morning. Uh, two things. One, I just realized I was sitting there. I think I preached with this mask on in the first service. No one said, take it off. And then the second thing is, I'm normally known for having props and visuals for people, but uh, if you were here, the last time I spoke, I had some chickens, and I was smacking chickens together, and so I've been banned from having props. <laughs> yeah, I've been banned from props. Uh, if you'll stand and join me in prayer, please. Father, we just come before you again and just ask that you would deliver again your word in the way that it would affect our lives, that you would bring change to us, correction to us, understanding all those things that you would like for all of us to have, that you might continue to lead us, to guide us, to speak to us, and that we would continue in our relationship with you to surrender and surrender and surrender to you, that you would have your way, that we would die to self, Lord, that all your purpose and your plans would prevail on this earth through us as it is your will, as it is in heaven. Let it be on earth. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, I don't know who, who's here, who knows what, but um, last Sunday, Pastor Tom gave me the segue into this message, which I was going to do anyway. But he gave me the segue. And for people who haven't been around, city churches, two churches come together. It's Lake City and it's Mad City that have come together in that time. Um, I was a part of the Mad City staff. I became on staff in 2003 at Mad City. And um, so when, we were, when, we was, when I was on staff at Mad City, there was Lake City here. And Pastor Tom had talked about being at Mad City, and he was talking about how he had to unfold chairs and fold the chairs and set the chairs up each morning. You know, that's his perspective. Uh, I'm going to give you my perspective. Others could give you their perspective, as well as the Lake City staff could give you their perspective on their side of things. But, you know, it wasn't just only popping up chairs. We had an 18-wheeler that we hauled around, and we put carts on it. I think we put about 10 or 13 eight-feet carts on this big, huge trailer. And that was church. You know, we got there probably about uh, 5.30 in the morning, if not 5 o'clock, and we unloaded this truck. We pull these carts out, and we start setting everything up. I mean, um, the technical people, they can appreciate because they come in now, and they can just turn everything on. Back in the day, because we were held in La Follette High School, so back in that day, we had to unpack it, unwrap it. Every cord had to be unwrapped and plugged in, and we had to push the carts to the kids' church to get all the toys out and all of that. I mean, it was all happening, believe me. And uh, just like Pastor Tom said that as he opened the chair, he was like, Jesus, I do this for you. There was a lot of Jesus, I do this for you. Jesus, I do this for you. It was a lot of that. But, uh, you know, that's what we did, and, and that was the work that we did. Um, one of the drivers, Tom Lease. I uh, heard the message, and he texted me back earlier this morning. He goes, yeah, and a lot of stuff, what people don't know is how many times when it was freezing cold, we couldn't barely get that truck started, and how many cars they had to use to jump the truck off 
And he goes, no truck, no church. <laughs> so I, when he told me that, I just thought about that. Wow, we were dependent on a, a truck, okay, to have church. But uh, yeah, and so that's what it was in those days. But it also, you know, got to the point. I'll give you an analogy what it was with Mad City and all things came to be. It's like, it was like hanging out with a rock band when Mad City was happening. I mean, they were young, all this excitement around things. People who wouldn't normally go to church came to that church, you know. It, it was just young and wild and people, goth and all of that, you know. There was this one couple, they were very sweet, but they were total goth, you know. But they loved the Lord. And then they lived out in like Deerfield or somewhere like that. That would blew my mind, you know, like, wow, okay. And, but it was all happening there. And then it was like this rock band, but then all of a sudden the lead singer was like, I'm leaving, you know? And like any band, you get, uh, you know, differences, creative differences and stuff like that. And so it was like, he was leaving and it was like, okay. And so then it was like, well, and then we got a new lead singer and that was Pastor Tom Flaherty, you know? And then he came in and like he says, he talks to you about his time with all of that. And so he came in and so we're all here, and now we're trying to follow him and everything, and, but it's just wild, you know. Like I said, I was on staff, but I wasn't on pastoral staff. I was just there working on the, the staff. I was, a, I was like more like the groupie staff. And, uh, you know, and then Pastor Tom came, and so we started going through stuff and getting in there and everything, and then he was there, and I think probably within two days, he was like, hey, you're going to be on pastoral staff. And I'm like, I am? Okay, you know, and so it's like you're in the band now. Wow, cool, okay. And uh, so, you know, that's where it was. And so I was on staff, and then pretty soon things broke out between the two lead singers. It just was, you know, it just got wild, and all of a sudden we're doing church, and I'm kind of like, whoa, 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 I didn't sign up for all of this, you know, and because it was just kind of real stuff was happening. Like Pastor Tommy shared with you guys, it was really happening for him and for us, you know, and it was just going wild. And I, I remember telling God, I was like, hey, I didn't sign up for this. I'm, I'm out. You know, I was about to quit. I'll go somewhere else. You know, one of them little small churches where it's all easy. And um, and I wanted to leave. But God was like, no, you're going to stay. I'm like, do you see how these people acting and stay for this? And it was like, you're going to stay. And so we did. And then we went through all of that. And it just was just all happening, you know, in the way that it was. And then as we went through all of that and those different things, then it came up, we were going to be merging with Lake City. And it's like, we are? Okay. And like, what does that mean? And so we had to go through many nights of elders getting together and talking and processing and all this stuff, you know. And it's like, man, I didn't do seminary. They didn't prepare me for this, you know. And, um, and then I found out you don't learn this kind of stuff in seminary. You know, this is like hard knocks life. And so we were going through it and just all this stuff. And I'm studying wondering, why I got to be here, Lord? Why I got to be here? I don't do this. Then we came over to Lake City. Then when we came over to Lake City and we started working here and we started bringing the staff together, then it was like, you know, we inherited a school and a daycare and all this stuff, you know. I remember once when Pastor Tom was preaching, he spoke about 
people liking to be in the wilderness, you know, and I was really liking being in the wilderness. You know, packing up that truck ain't so bad now to having these buildings and all of this stuff, you know, and whatnot. So it was just like, wow. So I'm going to read here uh, something for you. Um, when we were coming over, and it was, um, like I say, he put me on staff. And so at the end of that, when we got it all done, and we were leaving Mad City, we agreed and we we're going to come over. Um, this cross right here, this beautiful old rugged cross, we carried over. Uh, we walked down, uh, we crossed uh, East Wash from Fem right there, or Flum from the school, crossed there, I got police to block it off, we crossed, and we brought the cross, we we're carrying it, we had to take turns, believe me, you know, uh, we took turns with that. But um, Anita, Lisa, and Tom, this is the last bulletin from uh, Mad City, you know, and it says, um, I hope I, I read it this morning and got pretty emotional, and so I hope that's all out of my system because my daughter don't do daddy crying on stage. So, uh, so I'm hoping I got this. This is a day of thanksgiving and praise for the wonderful things that God has done through Mad City Church and for what he will continue to do through the new work of City Church. Thank you for your joining us today. So at 9.30, it was Worship 10 introduction video. We had a little video, the tribute of all the things that went on. Special guests, and it probably was Tom's uh, prayer, special thanks, communion, and then walk over to Lake City Church. You know, And then it's like, chili luncheon will be served around noon. We'll wait until those walking over arrive, and we'll join together with our Lake City Church family for lunch. And it got all of that. And then it's got in here in the bulletin, we moved. Um, and then it was Sunday, November 5th. Our first Sunday at City Church is next week, and the service times are at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. You may want to come a little early to, to take time to meet others and to get familiar with the parking lot and the building layout, which that was cool. As Pastor Tom was sharing, that's what he, he appreciated this building, and we all did. Because like I said, we were in a high school gymnasium, and uh, when we did stuff on Sundays, it was always like if you met and talked to people, then it would be like, hey, you know, oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll get that for you Monday, because our offices were somewhere else. And so we had, you know, you didn't have your stuff. And I remember when we were in this building on, on one or two Sundays, I was in here, and I was talking with someone, and it was like, hey, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get that for you on Monday. Then all of a sudden, I got the bride. Hey, my office is downstairs. I can get that for you now. So I went running down to my office, and it was like, this is cool, you know. I appreciated my office being at church on Sunday, and I didn't have to wait till Monday. But so that was a part of us coming over and getting used to things and getting acclimated to having a building, but there also was, I'm going to read from Joel here, Joel 1, 2. Hear this, you elders, and listen, all inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your day or in your father's day? Tell your sons about it, and have your sons tell their sons, and their sons the next generation. 
What the gnawing locusts has left, the swarming locusts has eaten. And what the swarming locusts has left, the creeping locusts has eaten. And what the creeping locusts has left, the stripping locusts has eaten. Awaken, you heavy drinker, and weep. And wail all the wine drinkers, because the sweet wine, for it has been eliminated from your mouth. You know, this was a part, like I said, when, this, when we came over to Lake City and so much was happening. And like I said, now we, we weren't in the desert no more. We were on a land and we had buildings and we had this and that. And we're talking about this and talking about that. And it's like, dude, this is getting complicated, overwhelming. You know, we're in meetings and it's like, well, what are we going to do with the school? We got to do this. And it's like, well, we know about a school. I don't know the school, the people. And, you know, you're just trying to deal with all of that and carry these people. And I don't want to be responsible for their lives. And then the daycare and all of that. And then they were losing money. They weren't doing as well when we first came over. They, they didn't have this. And the daycare was hemorrhaging money. And so like a good business guy, you sell the place, don't you? I mean, it's losing money, you know. Or you shut it down. I don't know. And so we processed and we went on and just different things. And then it was one night, Pastor Tom was like, hey, we're all going to go over. We're going to go and pray. We're going to start at the bottom of the uh, daycare. And then we're going to go up and pray through the daycare. And we're going to pray in there. And so I was like, you know, okay, whatever. You know, it's the daycare. I mean, so I'm over there. We're walking around and we're praying and doing some stuff before we go upstairs. And all of a sudden, clearly, the Lord says to me, when you're over here, you be of a holy heart and a holy mind. And I'm like, what? Be of a holy heart and a holy mind. I don't think I'll be over here again. (laughs) If this means that much to you, I don't think this is a place for me. Because I don't want to mess it up now. Because all of a sudden now, I got respect for this place. It's like before, I'm at the point now, if I come over here, okay, my mind right? My heart right? You know, I got to do a ritual before I walk through the door because God just told me he respect this place. And so with that, you know, things started looking at. I was like, okay. So then I started to understand the presence of God was here. No matter what this looked like, the presence of God was here. And so it was those things. And then I remember one time after, because people and staff knew how I, and there was another elder, we were just like, why are we trying to hold on to a daycare? So we had said that, but then there was one time we were in staff, and God did. He put it on my heart to pray with Pastor Chris and Carla, who were over there. Pastor Chris was over there at the time. And he put it in my heart to pray with him. So I told the guys and staff on it, too. He was like, hey, I think uh, I'm supposed to feel like I'm going to start praying with the people at the daycare. They all, you are? Oh, yeah, bro, that's God. That's God. <laughs> we know what you felt. Yeah, that's, that's God. And so it was like, yeah, okay, cool. And so I did that, you know. And, and we started praying. And then I started understanding, like, God's presence upon this place. I think it was in January or something like that when we paid the place off, was it? Well, we had a celebration, I think, when we paid off. But the thing of it is, when we paid off, we paid this off, the school off, and the daycare off. All of that got paid off. And that's me telling you how the locusts had eaten up stuff, 
how things weren't there, this wasn't there, this was in bad shape, and this and that, and finances, and all that stuff, as Pastor Tom would tell you. And now that's why for us, on staff, we've seen that transformation. We've seen God be here on this place and walk with a holy mind and a holy heart. And that's why I say, you know, from there, at first when we were here, it was like, it was easy to want to go back to the desert, but then it was like being here. And so then after getting used to being here, then it was like unity of the staff to move forward. The Camp, Camp Lake City, they're knowing the inner workings of these things, and Camp Mad City, we're learning to make decisions and do all these things, you know. As it says in Psalms 130, uh, 133, it says in there, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard as of on Aaron's beard. The oil which ran down upon the edge of his robe, it is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountain of Zion. For the Lord commanded the blessing there, uh, bless their life forever. As we started coming together, there was plenty of conversation regarding let's do this, let's not do this or that. There was lessons learned from being on staff, their staff being together, our staff being together. And so it was a lot of like coming together to learn to be city church now, not Lake City, not Mass City, but coming together to be city church. And so we had to figure out. But what we did is with Mass City, we brought the DNA, you know, Mass City and, and Lake City had that structure part because you know how it is when you're a, a rock band, you don't got no rules, you just do stuff, you know. And so we, we, we came together and, and brought in a blend of DNA. But, you know, the one thing that I like about Mad City and that same spirit here that I appreciate is that as a staff, we don't have any energy to try to grow this church. We're not trying to grow this church. If you've been here, if you've been around Pastor Tom, Pastor Tom is all God, nothing but God. It's just God, the presence and the spirit of God. That's what he's looking. That's what he wants to grow. He's not trying to get people. And the second part is, if you're here, like at Mad City, you know, Pat Shane had uh, preached once on tithing, which he did once a year. The same things here. I don't know. I think maybe once a year somebody preaches on tithing, if that. But like Shane had said, and he was preaching it one time, he was like, hey, I'm doing this part because this is what God asked me to do. The giving, that's on God to get you to give. I don't have any energy in getting you to give. And I like that. You know, I really enjoyed that. And when he said that, and he's like, hey, you know what? If God doesn't provide for here, we shut the doors and then we all go get jobs. That's right. We go get jobs. That's fine. You know? And so that's what now being here, being on staff and the, the integrity of the staff and the people who are not trying to work to grow none, but we're just about God. I'm liking that. I like that. And I trust that. And Pastor Tom, as a senior pastor, you know, a lot of times um, I've went to Pastor Greg and asked him, and is this normal? I don't know what normal is. And he's like, no, the way we do things, the way Pastor Tom yields to us and asks us stuff, he's like, no. So I'm blessed to be here in a team like this and what they do, and that we have grown together in that. 
So with all of that said, and that history, now the bigger picture. And the bigger picture became clear to me as I was studying this message. It, it just all kind of started happening. So um, you're getting it like fresh. It just was coming up within the last two weeks. So I'm going to read Joshua 24. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel at Shem and, and called for the elders of Israel, their heads, their judges, and their officers. And they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says from ancient times. Your father lived beyond the Euphrates River, namely Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nora. And they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the Euphrates River and led him through all the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and to Esau I gave Mount Seir and possessed it. But Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt by what I did in its midst. And afterwards I brought you out. So I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. And Egypt pursued your father with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. But when they cried out to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your own eyes saw what I did in Egypt, and you lived in the wilderness for a long time. Then I brought you into the land of the Amorite, who lived beyond the Jordan, and they fought with you, but I handed them over to you, and you took possession of their land when I eliminated them before you. So that's Joshua rereading the history of the Israelite people. But what I'd like to do is take a moment and show you some stuff as I'm speaking to you about City Church. Can we bring up the City Church? I, I mean, the late Mad City Church people. So much city, I'm sorry, I'm getting confused. We're like City, Mad City, and just City. Um, the Mad City pictures. Technology. All right, here we go. Uh, let's see here. We've got uh, Rick Horseman there. This is Shane Holden, the senior pastor, is the guy at the bottom. Uh, the guy over there at the top is uh, Brian Montre, who used to be the worship pastor here. And uh, this is a connect group at his house. Can we do another one? Uh, Marlene Sortensen, some of you may know her. She grew up here, and I, I don't know if that's her husband back there. Uh, but somewhere in this picture at the bottom, I think it's the guy in the black, but it may be the one behind. But uh, one of these is Pastor Tom Flaherty's son, uh, Matt and stuff. Marlene is, uh, like I said, was pastor, women's pastor on staff over there. Um, again, can you give me another one? That's Brian again, uh, the worship pastor with his oldest daughter, who is now married and all that and grown. And then again, the senior pastor, Shane, up top. I don't know what the finger thing is. I, I saw that. And I, I, I don't know if he's thinking or what, you know, but so I guess you get it. Senior pastors are human too. Um, next one, please. That's uh, Joe Steinke. That's the guy that brought me on staff in 2003. Um, he is a part of, his history is a part of here. 
Brian and his wife, Michelle, and Angie and Joe, they were all good people. And um, yeah, he taught over at the school at some point. And they, college and career was a big thing around here back in that day. And so it was, yeah, a little bit more. And there's Shane again. Again, please. There's Tom Flaherty. See him in the black up at the top picture and the blue jeans and, and the black hair? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's Pastor Tom right there hanging out. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure who these Brian M. I think it's still a connect group. And just people, uh, Pastor Dave and his wife, Sarah. Uh, pastor Dave is the kids pastor here downstairs. And um, yeah, that's, that, was the, that was the band. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's him again. Yeah, that was the band. All right. But, you know, as I read this story here in Joshua, and it recaps the people coming out of Egypt and the land that God gave to them, to Abraham and all of this and, and these many things, this story is told so many times over and over again because that was God. He wanted that to be known. In my first two and a half years here, with all of that that was happening, all of the pressures, all of these things, I did not want to be here. I just didn't want to be here. I was done. I, I didn't even ask to be a pastor. This was not a career choice. I just followed God, you know, and fought through that. And now it's through the church and stuff. And so I didn't want to do it, and the staff knew it and stuff. Um, but anyway, in that time, you know, as I was doing this study here, and God was showing me Joshua and our journey from city church, Lake City, to being city church. We were so close in the Israelites travel in their journey. And one of the things God said to me about me not wanting to be here in those two and a half years was, Andrew, you didn't know the history. You see, Andrew, if you learn the history, then it'll help you in your now. But if you're living in your now and you don't know the history, then your now is not important. But it is. But you don't know that because you've let go of the history. So God was showing me, once you understand the history, then you'll see your nowness, and then that will become important. And when that becomes important, then I will live out my life with purpose and intuality to be intentional in the things that I do. Because I know that I'm coming from someplace. I'm standing on the shoulders of those who've been before. This is why Joshua is reading back to the Israelite people again. Here's the story. Here's where we came from. Here is what God's done. Because see, in that history that goes way back, God was at work back then doing stuff in people's lives to do all of that. You know, I look at it. And I says, wow, I, when I was putting this message together, I was chuckling to myself because I'm chuckling. I'm like, okay, so I'm the guy who didn't want to be here for two and a half years. And you got me preaching the history of the place. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's how you do it. That's how you do it. But I got to tell you, it's a little funny to me. But anyway, it is. And that's what it is, is realizing the history and knowing those who came before you and knowing that God was in that and doing those things. 
So can we bring up some of those pictures from the old the Lake City days? This is Sophie. So this is 1930-20-something. Um, Sophie is the lady that is like, she was a missionary. And then she um, got off the mission field, and so she started a Bible study in her, in her uh, basement. You know, she started this Bible study, and the thing grew. And then it just grew. And then she was like, okay. And then so from there... Then uh, it turned in somewhere, it turned into a church. And then, can we get the next picture? This is on Winnebago Street, 1925 Winnebago Street. I think that building is still there. I don't know about that car, but the building is still around. Uh, I think somebody was showing that, you know. And can we get the next one? Look at that congregation. All of that from a Bible study, you know, to all of that. Um, Next one, please. Now, this dude, I looked at this picture first, and I was like, oh, this dude, mafia. <laughs> and I, like, he's, he's supposed to be the first pastor, you know, spouse. And, you know, he was the first pastor of the Madison Gospel Tabernacle. That sounds like a choir to me, but, yeah, he, this dude was, I saw that. I was like, go ahead, pastor. Um, the next one, and this is... Uh, Christian Heil, this is 1937, 1937, uh, Mrs. Sprawls and Gretchen and whoever. Next, please. Now, this dude looks like a pastor. Now, this is Walter or something, Gobber Tab- the Gospel Tabernacle, 1942 to 1950. What else we got? Uh, I don't know what this is. This is Madison Tabernacle, International Adventure, Pentecostal, Missionary Church. Okay. Now, here's the outside of the building you just walked into in its newness when it was Madison Gospel Tabernacle and uh, the front door up there again. Here they were breaking ground. I think this might have been for a part of the school when they were getting ready to do it um, on campus here again. And then here's some staff people from uh, there. Oh, uh, Nancy Van Muren. She's on staff. Don Chassie. Chassie, they're still here. Uh, Roger Olson and Sandra Olson. People who are are history, who are here, were here. Some are gone now. Some have moved on. Uh, Next one, please. Okay, here we go. Uh, To the left over here, second family down. That's Marlene and Kenton Sorensen who were here. She was the woman's pastor over at Mad City, I show you. And the fun thing about these books, and I was telling Marlene about this, I think Thursday, is like, hey, I was looking in a book and I saw you with your one son. I looked in another book, you had a daughter. It grew. Did you get to see the people's history in here? Uh, the next, oh, wait a minute. The, wait, go back. And if you come to the second row, go second up from the bottom, there's Joe Steinke and his wife, their young family and their two kids, the guy that brought me on staff who was a college and career, and he was on staff here. Okay, next one. I don't know if I know. Oh, Bill Burton in there. Uh, Kurt and Kathy Kelselberg, who were here earlier. All right, next. Uh, Not quite sure who I know in here. Okay, next. that it? Oh, this was the maintenance staff. Uh, Steve is still here. 
Don Shashi over here is still here. And Tim, yeah, don't spit on the grass and let Tim see you do it. <laughs> yeah, Tim is still here. Uh, and I don't know the other two guys, but I'm quite sure someone out there in the audience do know these guys. But three of the, three of the five are still here uh, and, and stuff. Well, Steve, he just retired. And this is, oh, that's Pastor Heckman, the, the senior pastor uh, before, before Mitch Milton. And he's been, he was the pastor here for quite a while, quite a while. Um, yes, so that's the history. Oh, and we have some more people. Um, here we have Pastor Derek and his young wife, uh, PD, Pastor PD. Yeah, and his young wife, Sarah, um, and Roger Olson again. Oh, Pastor Sarah, she's got her picture up there. Uh, and these are some ladies that worked in the office back then up top. To the right is Debbie Horsville. Okay, that's good. That's good. We get the point. We get the point that there's history here, that there's family here. You know, you look through when what it was with Mad City and Lake City. When we came over, um, uh, Julie gave me these books that Turk had given me all these because she's kept them. It's from 1988 to 2002, all up in here. And I was coming over one time, and I was here at church in the office, and I was looking through these books. And as I looked through these books, it started making sense of who was at Mad City and all of this and where it came from. And I started realizing, this is these people's children over here. This is their kids over here. So it was like the kids went and did their thing while the parents were doing their thing. And then at some point, the parents, things didn't go well, so they ended up over there into the kids' thing. But it was like all related. And then I saw and I found out that the history of what was going on in there. And I found out now that, like I said, that God is saying, know the history, Andrew, because it is important that we should know our history in being a church. Because God is not here trying to grow city church. He's trying to call a people to himself. He wants us to be a people. He wants us to be a community and a family to him and to each other. And that's what this is about, is growing to know each other, to be a family to one another, and to grow in that way. This is the seriousness of what God's heart is all about and the things that he's doing and what he'd like for us to be about. Isaiah 55, behold, you will be called a nation you do not know and a nation which does not know you, does not know you, will run to you because of the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. I just took this little passage out because it, it seemed to have fit. This verse out of Isaiah is so fitting because it is what I was feeling, is that I didn't want to be here because I didn't know these people. And these people don't know me. You know, there's plenty of times, you know, honestly, you know, I'm sorry, I, I'm just going to be honest with you and straight up. Because, you know, like, I would come over here to go to church, and I was like, you know, I live on the west side. You know how many churches I passed to come over on the east side? God, you know, can we talk about that? And then it was kind of like, you know, I'd be like, hey, you know, plenty, like, a lot of white people at that church. You know, they're all there, and 
the black people got a lot of black people at their church. Can I go to one of the, the black people church? And, you know, well, I got to be the odd man out, you know. Well, I got to be traveling all across town and being in this church, you know. But again, because he said so. Because he told me so. And so if that's what he wants, that's what I do. You know, when I was putting all this together, it was so cool. Part of it was cool because staff would look through the books and see pictures. Like I say, Nancy's got a whole history trove of this church down in her office of, like I say, back to 1920s, uh, bulletins, this and that and that and these things and all of that stuff. You know, it was just like, whoa, I just took this little bit out for what I needed. But she has so much that has been kept of the growing of the history of this, of, of the place and where it is. And so everybody was having fun reminiscing, going down memory lane, looking at stuff, checking stuff out and seeing it all. And it was so cool to hear all that and see all of that. And, but there was one person who, when I was putting this together and they looked through it and they saw some people that was gone and that they were missing, but they also looked at it and said, and I remember that was the time when I didn't feel like I belonged. This is what God is saying. He's trying to create a people. So if you feel like you don't belong, then do the work to make yourself belong. And if you know somebody that don't feel like they belong, then help them belong. So you help me belong, I'll help you belong, but we're supposed to be here helping each other belong. This is supposed to be a family, a community. This is what God is saying. That as I bring you together, and as you become a family, as you become committed to one another, then that's when the ones that don't know will see. And then that's what he means by, I will draw a nation to you. But if you can't, if we can't be that, what God is asking us to be and talking to us to be, then how can we draw a nation? How can we fix a nation if we won't do our part in what God has given us? And what he's called us to do. Psalms 27. For those blessed by him will inherit the land. But those cursed by him will be eliminated. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. And he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled down. Because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, or is his descendants begging, or his descendants begging bread, begging for bread. All day long he is gracious, and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Isaiah fifty five, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making, produce, and making it produce a sprout and sprouting seeds to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. For you will go out with joy and be led in peace. God is saying here in this scripture, 
I establish the steps of your feet. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so God is saying to me, that's why I'm saying like now that he's shown me this. Understand your history. Okay, you got your history. Now live in your now and live differently in your now. Live knowing that I'm guiding you. Live knowing that I will tell you how to step. Live knowing that I have a purpose and a plan so that your day will be intentional and your day will be purposeful. We have a lot of days where you're like, hey, how's the day going? Ah, it's gone. Ah, how's the day? Ah, another day, 50 cent. Ah, how's it going? Ah, another day, it's all right. So if that's how it is, then yes, I want a day where I'm living purposeful and intentional in life. I am breathing air through my lungs. I am having hope for the day. I am trying to give someone else hope. I am trying to support someone. I am trying to do something that brings out the reality and the presence of God on earth and in people's lives. That's what I want to be about. Those things. Because God is guiding my steps. God is giving me thoughts. He is helping me to do these things. And so I don't want to be with the living God, him working with me and all of this, and all I got is another 50 cent. People without God got more than that. So I want to have God. And I want to live my life perfectly, purposely, and intentionally. And doing that in community, doing that in family, doing that in a way that God gets the glory and all the honor in that. We will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, starting at 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and do away with the God which your father served beyond the... Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and do away with the gods which your father served beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord... Choose for yourself today whom you will serve, whether the, God, whether the God which your father served, which were beyond the Euphrates River, or the God of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The people answered and said, Far be it from us that we would abandon the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us out of our father upon out of the land of Egypt from the house of slaves and did these great things in our sight and watched over us through all the ways in which we went and among all the peoples through whose midst we passed. The Lord drove out from before us all the people, even the Amorites, who lived in the land. And we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. That's what I want to be about, serving the Lord, choosing to serve the Lord this day, choosing to allow God to honor and to take my steps, choosing those things that are of God. And like I said, remembering that of the old generation and, and, and keeping that in mind. If, you, if you're like, think you're, you know, old in age, you're at that age where you don't want to tell nobody your age and you're like, oh, I'm retired and all of that. 
You're not. You're not. You can't be. You're needed. There is no I'm too old. If there's breath in you, if you call yourself a Christian, God has anointed you. He's anointed you. He's anointed your voice. And you're needed. I must tell you, Sari is not anointed. I'm sorry. Google is not anointed. I'm sorry, it's not. You can Facebook all you want. It ain't anointed. And I've heard sometime when Christians get on there, it seems like they ain't anointed. But I don't have it, so I don't have to worry about it. But getting our information from Google, commanding Siri to do things for us, that's not anointing. So we need to have conversations with those of the older generations to repeat back the story of what started, what happened, how was life, how did you make it through. Talk to me. Give me the anointed voice of God. Give me the anointed wisdom of God. Don't shut it down because they've got Facebook now. Well, they got Google now. No, it's not anointed. Bring forth the word of God. And for those of the younger generation, ask those of the older generation. Don't Google everything. Don't ask Sari everything. Talk to someone who's anointed. Talk to someone who's blessed of God, who can speak into your life. Go to them. This is what God is asking. This is why God said, keep repeating. In the beginning when I read, tell your sons, tell your daughters, tell your sons, tell your daughters, tell your sons, tell your daughters. I know how that is. I grew up with a grandfather, you know, I remember I go last the guy for five bucks and I get a sermon just for five dollars. It's a 15 minute sermon before he even reached for his wallet. Then he pulls his wallet out and he got to find the five dollar bill and that's the only bill in his wallet. But he's talking all the time. And to this day, I remember those. I remember him pulling out that wallet and I smile. You see, we live in our now until we no longer live in it. Once we're not in it, then it's done. This bulletin, when we were printing this bulletin, what about a bulletin? Now, we're no longer, and this thing is now classic. Like I said, I got myself together because I knew my daughter would be in this service. But when I was reading it, it took me back. It drew me in. I could feel it. I knew what we were about then. And I don't want to lose that. And so now that God has regenerated me to understand, to keep my history, to know my history, to not live my life like it's not purposeful or it has no meaning, it does. All of our lives have meaning and they're purposeful. God is not just trying to be a part of our lives so that we could get our little checks and we can pay our little bills and we can dodge COVID. You know, that's not his thing. He wants us to understand that right now, in our now, we are making history. We are doing something. 
Every time, you know, you do something, you go for a walk, you take the kids somewhere, you hang out with someone, that's purposeful and intentional. Because somewhere down the line, you won't be doing it no more. And it'll mean something. We all have that thing that we used to do. I used to get up and go to church, and then I'd go over to the quick trip and get my coffee, and there was this one guy being there all the time, and then we'd say something, yada, yada, and all this. But I don't go to that church no more, so I don't go to that quick trip. So, But I still remember that. It comes a memory until we no longer do it. But the purpose of it all that God is doing in this, God leads us in his thoughts with his ways for his purpose and his plan. God is building us and want us to be a group, a family, and a community of people so that it will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams. Your young men will see visions. And even on the male and the female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. These are those days. We have seen the history that had gotten built. The people who've done things to bring us to this point. Now we're at this point. God's saying come together. God's saying be a family. Be a community. I'm ready to pour out my spirit. And we have to move and join in with God. That allow him to pour out his spirit. He doesn't want to waste his spirit on people who want to do what they want to do. He's looking for people that he can guide their steps. He's looking for people who understand his thought is greater than their thoughts. And they're willing to yield. And to be about what he wants them to be about. And then he will pour out his spirit upon us. And him pouring out his spirit upon us. When I see the church or imagine the church being what God would want it to be, I see so many people in the world saying, finally, finally, someone to care for me. Finally, someone who understands me. Finally. I don't have to hold those thoughts of suicide. Finally, I can give up these drugs. Finally, I know how to fix my marriage. That's what happens when the church becomes exactly what God is wanting it to be. That we become that place that represents, that we become that place that infiltrates Madison to just show people that we care, to show people that we love them. Pastor Tom Tom talked about this in his sermon, the church outside, being outside these walls, doing those things where God guides us and leads us so that people get helped, so that lives are changed. I'm going to have the worship team come back up, please. So I'm going to say to you, like I said, Know your history. 
the places you've been, the churches you've been, people in your lives who spoke to you, who spoke into your life. If you haven't called them, call them. You know, my grandmother said that if God puts somebody on your mind, you're either supposed to call them or pray for them. So whenever you get somebody on your mind, call them or pray for them. You know, and that's another thing that I've also learned a lot of. You don't hear much of anybody ever saying, my grandma said, my grandpa said. You don't hear that anymore. It's lost. Grandma, grandpa, please keep talking. Please tell the same story over and over again because we need to hear it. We need to know it. So we're going to play one song, and then after the song, I'm going to come up and then close. I can't remember if I asked you this, but when you come on this campus, like I say, you see that school and you see that daycare. Would you pray for the people of that school? Would you pray for the daycare? They're important to God. They're important to your God. They're very important to your Father God. They're on His heart. So I just ask that if you think of it, pray for them. God's given me a voice of prayer. I've always asked Him for a voice of prayer of things that I can pray that are in line with the purpose of His heart and His plan. And two things God has given me, and I pray when we have our Tuesday morning prayer. One is about a voice of testimony. That God would rise up the voice of testimony in this congregation. Just like the young man that was here a couple of Sundays ago who spoke, and everybody just heard that young man's testimony. That's what I want God to do. To rise up voices in here. Of people overcoming. It's just like when we do baptisms. And then we have the people read their testimonies. Testimonies are way better than preaching. I'm, they are. Because that's God intersects someone's life. That's the story where God and his power and his realness showed up. You know, that young man talked about in his testimony. What stuck with me was how he said Jesus came and sat on the edge of his bed. Jesus came and sat on the edge of his bed. The other thing that God has me praying for is the young adults. I just pray over the young adults to give me a voice of prayer for them. That the younger generation and the older generation will come together. They can't be apart. They can't exist without each other. And I think God is trying to call us from that worldly view, from that American view or worldview. I don't know. But for us as a community, as a people, don't get lost in that. That you don't need each other. We do. So, young adults, pray for those who are older. Those who are older, pray for the young adults. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.